Interruptions. Nobody likes them. Everybody has them, and sometimes God creates them. Dr. Mark Job. You're in a state of confusion. There's fear that's gripped your heart about the future. Something that you did not expect has happened to your life, and guess what? I want you to know that your interruption did not catch God by surprise. This is Moody Presents, with no-nonsense Bible teaching from Dr. Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute. Mark is also founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger asking, how are your Christmas plans coming together? If your house is like ours, we face interruptions now and then, right in the middle of our plans, right? But did you ever consider that the Christmas story itself is loaded with interruptions, and not small ones either? I'm looking forward to today's message, but right now, let's enjoy the sounds of the season as we hear this highlight moment from Candlelight Carols. Hey, why not sing along with, O Come All Ye Faithful.
You're listening to Moody Presents, and today we're looking forward to a message Pastor Mark has titled, Divine Interruptions. We're about to discover that an interruption is sometimes the work of God. And that means you and I need to get ready this Christmas season. And as you get that sense that maybe you are being interrupted, well, listen carefully for the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. Here's Pastor Mark. Well, I don't know if you've ever been interrupted. But most of us don't like to be interrupted. However, what I've discovered is that life is full of interruptions. What is an interruption? An interruption is when you have your plans made, you're going in a direction, and something suddenly changes that. It comes out of nowhere typically, but it disrupts your plans. It throws you into a bit of chaos. Uh, Quite a few years ago, I was taking a trip. I believe I was in college, and I was taking a trip to see my mother who lived, my mother and father who lived in Spain. And so I was excited to see them. Got on a plane in O'Hare Airport. I was traveling with a friend, and we were flying. The day was beautiful, it was nice outside. We had traveled already about six or seven hours over the Atlantic Ocean, and we were arriving to Europe as, about that time. And the captain suddenly interrupts my groggy, sleepy, half-dazed uh, trip, and he says, excuse me, we have an announcement to make. We have to make an emergency landing in Lisbon, Portugal because of weather conditions. And so I sort of rubbed my eyes a little bit. I looked out the window, and it was a perfect cloudless day. I'm thinking, what weather conditions is he talking about? And now, we had people picking us up at the airport. I had my plans. We were on our way. And so, suddenly, we land in Portugal, And I thought, this is disruptive. Why are we landing in Portugal? And as soon as we landed in Portugal, uh, they started ushering us off the plane very rapidly. And some policemen came on the plane, and they were like hurrying people off the plane. I said, this cannot be weather related. And as soon as we got off the plane, they told us, they informed us, hey, we have landed in Portugal because there was a bomb threat against this airplane. We were told that there is a bomb in the luggage compartment. Like, get me off this plane fast then. (laughs) And so there we were, a couple hundred of us in Portugal. We had plans to land in Madrid, Spain, but instead we're in Lisbon, Portugal. And then after they searched their airplane, took about an hour and a half to search the airplane, they said, okay, now we are clear to get back on the airplane. I think about half the airplane did not get back on. They found alternative routes. People were like, no way am I getting back on that airplane. But, you know, that's a disruption. Our life is full of interruptions and disruptions. And what happens when our plans are disrupted, I call it the gap. We live live oftentimes between our interruption and understanding why our life was interrupted. There's that gap. That gap of what is happening? 
Oftentimes that gap is full of confusion. Sometimes it's full of fear. Sometimes we're disoriented because we're not really sure what's happening. Well, as I read this scripture, I realize that the birth of Jesus' story is full of disruptions. And people sent into a gap of confusion, misunderstanding, wondering what's happening. The, the dictionary defines gap as an unfilled space or interval, a break in continuity, a pause, an intermission, an interval, an interlude. I'm not sure, but I believe that some people here are living in the gap. Your life has been interrupted. Maybe it was interruption because you were let go of from work. Maybe you found out you're pregnant. Maybe suddenly your spouse filed divorce papers. Maybe you find yourself with a medical report that you didn't expect. I don't know what your interruption is, but life is full of interruptions, and sometimes in the midst of that interruption, we're, lit, we're left a little bit in chaos wondering, God, what are you doing? So I want, you, I want to take you to Luke chapter 1. Luke is the story of the birth of Jesus. And I believe that there's some lessons that you and I can learn from the interruptions that we find in the story of the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 1 verse 27 says, The angel went to the virgin. Now most scholars believe that Mary was probably only a teenager at the time. Promised in marriage to a descendant of David named Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel entered her home, he greeted her and he said, here's the interruption, get it? Hey, this is an angelic interruption. Not every day an angel knocks on your door and shows up in your house. And the angel says to Mary, this teenage girl, you are favored by the Lord. The Lord is with you. Notice Mary's response. She was startled by what the angel said and tried to figure out what this greeting meant. Immediately there was confusion. She was startled. What's going on? What's happening? My life is interrupted. I did not expect this. The angel told her, don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be, become pregnant, give birth to a son, and name him Jesus. Now, here's the first thing I want you to know as we talk about interruptions is, first of all, fear not, because in every interruption, you can discover a divine purpose. Hey, I'm talking to someone here today. You have no idea what's going on. You're in a state of confusion. There's fear that's gripped your heart about the future. Something that you did not expect has happened to your life. And guess what? I want you to know that your interruption did not catch God by surprise. You may be startled by it, but God has not been startled by it. You may be confused, but I want you to know that God is sovereign, knows all things, sees into the future. God is not confused about your future. Mary, she was, think about it, 
Here's a teenage girl. She's planning for her wedding. She's engaged. Back in the days of Jesus, when someone was engaged, you literally had to get a divorce to get unengaged. It was that serious. It was a legal document that bound you together. It wasn't just a ring that someone, you know, pops the question on the shores of Lake Michigan and then they break up. No, no, no. This was a legal document that if you were going to get unengaged, you had to go to court and you had to file for divorce from your engagement. This was serious. It wasn't an easy back out. The invitations had been sent. The wedding venue had been chosen. People knew about it. They were preparing for this ceremony. And then suddenly in the midst of this, this plans and Here's a teenage girl planning her wedding, thinking about the guest list, who they're going to invite, what she's going to look like, how she's going to dress, who's going to be there, the big day of her life, Joseph, the man that she loves, how everybody's going to be excited, and suddenly her life is absolutely 100% interrupted by an angel. But more than that, by the news that you will be pregnant. And again, she goes on to say, hey, how can that happen? I haven't been with Joseph. I haven't been with the man. What's going to happen? Don't worry, Mary. You will be pregnant from the Most High God. Imagine what's going through her mind. Imagine what's happening in her head. Imagine her plans. No, this doesn't work out. Like, this can't be. How am I going to tell Joseph I'm going to look terrible for the wedding with the belly bump. This is not good telling, explaining to the parents. No, this interrupts my plan. This cannot be yet God. God had a plan in the middle of her interruption. And the angel says to her, do not be afraid. Can I tell you this? In the middle of your gap, some of you are fearful right now. Some of you entered into this auditorium with anxiety over the interruption in your life and just not knowing exactly what the future looks like. And I guess I want you to hear very clearly, do not be afraid, for God is with you. And by the way, I'm really surprised at how mature Mary's responses to the angel. Because in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, it says, Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you've said happen to me. Wow, that's a mature response. I think that's why she was chosen. She was young, but she had a deep-seated, strong faith in God. And even as a teenager, her life was interrupted, but yet you see the depth of her faith. Number two, I want you to write this down. Not only fear not because in every interruption you can discover divine purpose, but number two, fear not because to do, listen, trusting God may not be easy, but ultimately leads to good. I'm going to jump over to another gospel because the gospel of Luke actually doesn't talk about Joseph that much. Uh, in Matthew, it talks about Joseph. In Luke, it talks about Mary. By the way, have you ever read the beginning of Luke or the beginning of Matthew, and there's a list of names that you go over and over and over, and it's called a genealogy? 
How many of you know what I'm talking about here? And how many of you read the genealogy and how many of you just skip over the genealogy? Come on. Now, every word in the Bible is there for a purpose. And some of you read through the names who he begot, this person who begot that person who begot that person who begot that person. And you think that makes no sense to me. I'm not interested. I want to get to the good part. Let me skip the list of names and get to the real good stuff, the story. But I want you to understand that every word in the Bible is there for a purpose. There's two genealogies that are listed. One is the genealogy that's found in the book of Luke. Another genealogy that's not the same genealogy is found in the book of Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's two genealogies there. Now the prophet said that Jesus would be born of the line of David. That his uh, genealogy would have to go back to David. And so the writers of the Gospels are explaining how Jesus' genealogy traced back to King David. Now, Matthew gives us the genealogy of Joseph's family. You say, well, hold on a second. Joseph wasn't even the biological father. It doesn't matter because legally, legally on Jesus' birth documents, it would be the father whose name is put there. So, Jesus... Joseph's genealogy is traced back to David. Okay, you tracking with me? Because his legal genealogy would have to be through his father on the document. Luke traces the genealogy of Mary. Mary was the biological mother, and so both Mary and Joseph have their roots back to David. Why is that so important? Because it's the fulfillment of the prophecy. That's why the two genealogies are different. Mary is not actually mentioned in the, in, in the Luke's genealogy, but it's her genealogy because it's referred to as Mary, the mother of Jesus, and there's two different genealogies pointing to the fact that both Joseph and Mary came from the lineage of Jesus to fulfill the prophecy found in the Word of God. Now, Matthew says, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You say, why divorce? Well, again, I mentioned he was only engaged to her But in those days, an engagement was as legal as marriage. So because Joseph did not want to disgrace Mary, he thought, I'm going to go through a quiet divorce here. I don't want to publicly shame her. In his mind, he was wrestling. Now, he had found out through Mary that she was pregnant. She came to him and imagine Mary coming to him and saying, hey, Joseph, I know this is hard to believe. An angel showed up to me and, you know, came to me, and he said that I'm going to be the mother of the Messiah. So uh, Joseph is like, okay, Mary, you okay? Yes, but I'm pregnant. Just want to let you know that. Oh. So Joseph is wrestling through all this. He's trying to figure this out. In his mind, he's thinking, I'm going to divorce her. I'm going to let her go. I don't want to shame her. But listen, Matthew 1.20. But while he thought on these things, behold, 
The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, here it goes, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now here's what I want you to see. Joseph's life had also been interrupted by something he did not expect, didn't ask for. His life is interrupted. Yet God says to Joseph, Joseph, fear not. Your life has been interrupted, but I still have a plan. Trust me in your plan. Basically, what God is telling Joseph is, I know interruption has happened. I know you don't fully understand it. I know you can't even conceive of how Mary could be impregnated by God and that birth and that baby that she is carrying will be the Messiah while she's still a virgin. I know scholars can't even understand it. I know it's a mystery. I know it's hard to understand, hard to grasp that you will be the father of a child that you did not actually help reproduce. But I want you to take a deep breath, Joseph. I want you to trust me. Thank you, Dr. Job. And there's more to follow next time in our message titled Divine Interruptions. Hey, here's your official invitation to visit our website. There's so much at moodypresents.org. For example, you can click on the link at our site to pray for Israel. Helpful content there for better understanding that conflict and how you and I can pray more specifically, more effectively. And we'd love it if you'd click on that Donate Now button to help us end the year strong at Moody Presents. Plus, if you sign up to become a monthly partner, Boy, there's some great benefits. First, your gift will help others take their next step with Jesus. And second, you'll also benefit greatly by enjoying resources from Moody Publishers at a really reduced cost. If you'd like to hear Dr. Job's message again, you can do that as well at moodypresents.org. Also, we want to get some really great extra content in your hands. Who doesn't like extra, right? Just enter your email address at the website to get three videos from Dr. Job teaching in Israel. Great scenery, great devotionals. As we close today, let's listen to Joy to the World. You'll hear the combined choirs from Moody Bible Institute, joined by the congregation from a recent MBI Candlelight Carols event. Joy to the world.
that doesn't put you in the Christmas spirit, I don't know what would. Joy to the world here on Moody Presents. But you know, even as I say that, I'm aware that there are a lot of people right now who aren't feeling joy, and for lots of good reasons. But is it possible that that you're not feeling joy because you don't really know Jesus as the leader of your life, the forgiver of your sins? You know, that can happen for you today if you invite him to be so. Let's pray if you'd like that. Lord, I'm tired of running the show, and I agree with you that I've messed up. I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me? Would you take charge of my life? Be my Savior from this day forward, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you've just prayed that prayer, we'd love to connect with you, get an email from you. Write to us, will you, at moodypresents at moody.edu. Our time is gone, but we certainly wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.